Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I don't know, but yesterday was one of the most unfulfilling days of football, especially a championship Sunday that I can ever remember. Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. It's fine, you can call me a football Scrooge. Bah humbug. You don't like it? You don't like that I... Didn't enjoy either NFC or AFC championship game yesterday. Oh, Ken's just complaining. Ken's got a problem, just have a problem. Ken's going to rant just to rant. I honestly, I don't care if you listen. Go get your own radio show if you want to have a smiley, happy football discussion today. Start your own podcast. I don't give a damn. I don't care. I don't care. Yesterday, that was a crappy football Sunday. It just was. With so much at stake, so much on the line, it was just a hodgepodge of crap. Both games, NFC, AFC, on-field, off-field, in media, in locker room, the entire thing. Didn't matter. It just made for a miserable, miserable championship Sunday. And I'll I'll ask you right now, Stone, scale of 1 to 10. Scale of 1 to 10. 1, meh. 10? Oh, this is going to be awesome. A scale of 1 to 10, Chiefs, Eagles, and the Super Bowl, where are you sitting right now? Keep it in mind, I know you're an annoying eternal optimist. Where do you sit right now, scale of 1 to 10, 1 being 10 being, oh yeah, with this Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl? Let's go 8.4. Take the 8 point away, and there you've got my excitement level for this game. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I have, I don't know if I'm football out. I don't know if I'm Chiefs fatigued out. I don't know if I'm sick of the Bengals trash talk and then the reaction of the Bengals trash talk. I don't know if I'm ultimately put off by the fact that we got six seconds of Purdy and then a game that was going to be awesome turned into nothing, not even competitive, nothing creatively done to try and offset the, and I understand this, crazy issues the 49ers were having at the quarterback position. But yesterday sucked. Everything about yesterday sucked. Do you think it was your expectations that yes, were too I prob- high? It probably was my expectations thinking this is going to rule hard. Like, you've got a pick in the AFC. In the NFC, you got a chance for a rookie to go to the Super Bowl against the guy who's trying to silence all the doubters in Jalen Hurts. That thing was damn near a pick as well. And then it turned out that even in the close game, it was so fluky. Everything was so fluky, uh, including uh, we're going to give the Chiefs unlimited third downs. New rule, the, the Chiefs get unlimited third downs. Cool. Awesome. As if they need any more help than they already get because Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. I just thought everything was sloppy yesterday. Everything was injury riddled yesterday. Everything annoyed me. And I know it's not just me because it carried over from me being annoyed last night. And sometimes I sleep on it and I wake up feeling a little more rational. That's not the case. I, I don't feel any better about what we watched yesterday. It was seeing uh, it, it was like seeing two teams just sort of uh, sort of sort of belly flopping the mud their way into the Super Bowl. It's just it was bad. Everything about yesterday was bad. 
Kendall Vick alive on a Monday here on ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the comfortable and sparkly Intracoastal Stone the Banowitz Friday Night Lights. Radio Life Partner runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. I'm assuming you're going to try and tell me, Stone, that you thought yesterday ruled. Uh, you thought that that was football in its finest form. That's what that, that that's what pros do is they find a way, and the Eagles solidify themselves as the best team of the NFC all year, uh, soaring into the desert. I'm assuming that you're going to have the complete opposite viewing experience, consumption experience that I had yesterday. I mean, it doesn't get any more the opposite here. Let's just start with this uh, 49ers and Eagles game. Really unfortunate, obviously, what happened with Brock Purdy. It's a real injury. For all you meatballs who think, come on, get out there. Like That's a real injury that happens to your elbows. I want to make something abundantly clear, too, when it comes to Brock Purdy. When he came back into the game, he didn't throw a single pass further than four and a half yards. Want to know why? Because he couldn't do it. If he could do it, he would have done it. Why do you think Kyle Shanahan continued to call Debo Samuel around the edge? Christian McCaffrey throwing passes to nobody but the turf in Philadelphia. Uh, that, that, that play that drives me crazy when the Dolphins do it, too. That pitch straight backwards so that the running back comes at the line straight on, except it took two and a half seconds for that to develop so everybody sees what's happening. The 49ers did that over and over and over again. It's because Brock Purdy couldn't throw. They didn't have anybody who was a viable option to play quarterback. So all of you armchair trainers sitting at home who, if you don't make it out of your Sunday without scratching the back of your throat with a Cheeto and being laid up for an hour because you can't swallow correctly, you're going to sit here and you're going to judge Brock Purdy's elbow? Shut up. Shut up. I mean, so I'm on the same page as you. Yeah, 100%. And the broadcast crew did a great job explaining, hey, like when you do hurt your elbow, when it does get to that point, like you can no longer grip the football. Like it has a lot to do with your nerves and just your arm basically being shot, right? Your brain doesn't know what's going on down there. Also, too, think about it. Like if you ever got hit on your funny bone, right? And you can't grip anything. Think about that. But think about that being like an actual injury, not just hitting it. He, he he injured his elbow. He can't grip the football correctly. He can't cock his elbow back. Even if it's an elbow bruise, he can't get any sort of momentum behind that pass. So what is he going to do? What do you expect him to do? Right. So so that's where I'm starting with that game. And also, I, I would like to add that even if Brock Purdy didn't get injured, it looked like the Eagles were going to win that game regardless. Like, offensively, they were on their P's and Q's, and ultimately the better team won, right? See, so- I disagree. It was 21-7 to at halftime with no Brock Purdy. The 49ers absolutely had a chance. It's not 21-7 to at half if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt. I think that game's closer. And you can argue, sure, the Eagles are the better team, but to just outright say, oh, the Eagles would have won that game, I think that's wrong, to be honest. Sure, I hear that and am willing to argue it, but they dropped consecutive 40 balls, right, in the two biggest games of their season. In a chance Now, what I always say, blocking Hassan Reddick, perhaps the 49ers wanted to try that <laughs> at any point. I mean, we talked, At any point. we talked about this Eagles front seven all week last week. They're the real deal. Like, a lot of those guys are Hall of Famers. If you would like to get down to the nitty-gritty, Brandon Graham and the rest of that squad, like, they get down to business. And then on the other end, the night game, 6.30 kickoff, I loved every bit of it. I loved every bit of it. Yes, it was sloppy, but that's what you get when you come into a game with a lot of expectations and two of the best quarterbacks in the league thinking they're absolutely going to tear it up in the defense and that opposition prepared 
to stop that, and there that's was, what they did. There was one winning play in that game last night. That, one winning play, and it was fourth and five, and it was the throw to the five from Burrow to Chase. That was the one winning play. How did the Bengals get back into the game and be set up for that situation? By Patrick Mahomes just butterfingering a ball that was recovered at midfield by the Bengals when it looked like the Bengals had nothing going. And then that gave them life. Patrick Mahomes, the great warrior, the best quarterback in the NFL, just butterfingering the hell out of that football. But then after that, after that, we're going to have the Bengals get a stop on third and nine. Okay? But no, 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 no. There's a clock problem. So replay it. Oh, okay. Sack. Doesn't matter. Fine. Oh, no, no, no. We have the goal to replay third down and then do it again. And then we're going to call a defensive holding play. So the clock operator screws up in Kansas City in a pivotal moment in the fourth quarter. The clock operator screws up two different occasions. So what are we going to do? Reward the Chiefs and give them a first down. Just hand them a first down after all of that. I mean, what a bunch of crap. It got really sloppy at points, but also this is a very highly anticipated game. Like, these refs are are trying to make the perfect call, and sometimes it's— Well, they failed. They failed. So, so plain and simple, they failed. We move on. I think this game had all the narratives we were looking for, right? Chris Jones tore up the sorriest offensive line in football or— Theodore, who are here, he would want me to say top five worst. By the way, Bills fans, Bills fans, your defensive line couldn't touch Joe Burrow. <laughs> couldn't touch Joe Burrow with an offensive line that couldn't protect Joe Burrow last night. Just know that. Yeah, and, Chris and jo- it was so satisfying, Bills fans, you weren't in it. I'm just saying. <laughs> and it was uh, Chris Jones and company did their thing. Also, you know, as annoying as this is to you, I, I thought there was something to it, right? Patrick Mahomes playing on that limp, limp ankle. Was awesome. Like it was flat out awesome. And we gave this guy no shot to go out and win this ball game. Who's, it, who gave him no shot, Stone? You're just making things up. Nobody said he had no shot. Nobody. Nobody. Not a single person said Patrick Mahomes has no shot to win this game. Now, that much is true, but when 70% of the public are only placing bets on the Bengals and the only people answering us when we propose the question on who's going to win this game is the Cincinnati Bengals, then yeah, a lot of the times, okay. and I saw it everywhere, that. You know, why on God's earth is the team that was in their fifth straight AFC Championship game disrespected? They were a little disrespected. Okay, that I'll give you. Sure, so I I, I guess that's what I meant by that. And your example for that is 70-30. That's still 30. For sure, still 30. In a room of 100 people. Yeah. There'll be 30 of them. <laughs> right. That's those, not no shot. And those are, to be honest with you, the 30 people we would actually speak to instead of the 70 who didn't have reasoning going with the Bengals. And then you had the Chiefs playing without some of their wideouts, right? Both of their starting corners. There were so many guys for the Chiefs that weren't but playing. But this is what I'm saying. And they like, still pulled it this out. This is what lent, though, to just the sloppiness of yesterday. Yes, think it about did. It. The play that ultimately decided everything was a horrific mistake by a young player. 100%. Like, that, like Mahomes, you can talk about, oh, my God. Goodness, uh, he's scrambling with the football with the, the high ankle sprain. My God. But still, even after that, it should have been a 55-yard field goal that in those conditions, Bucker's not hitting. It's going to overtime. But uh, Joseph Osai, who was phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, up until that point, all game long, makes a bad mistake. And then that is what gifts, red carpets the Chiefs into the Super Bowl, and then propels the Chiefs into this. Oh, the Bengals trash talked, and now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sit here and we're gonna rail on them. How dare you trash talk us, guys? Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes' dad, all you people, all you people. Okay, you got a gift 
into the Super Bowl. You got handed a gift going to the Super Bowl. Leave it at that, okay? You didn't. Pr- the, the Chiefs proved nothing to me. They almost gacked that away and probably should have gacked that away and got 17 third downs consecutively. Now, Color me not impressed. Now, I think you're going to be the only person on ESPN Radio today to to not acknowledge the trash talking playing or being a factor in that game because it very much was. It's another narrative that I loved, right? You do play-by-play for FAU and you— Don't, See, that just pissed me off, too. That mistake you just made before I, you corrected you hear yourself. That? Did you just say F-I-U? <laughs> I really hate that I did that, but hold on. I hate that you did that, too. I'm, I'm getting somewhere. Your social media page for the past two weeks has been all of the trash talking that's been done against FAU's basketball team, and now you're not buying into it on the biggest stage in the biggest sport no, that's bu- ever existed in I'm, the NFL? I'm buying into it, but what message did the Chiefs send? Congrats. That, that You got gifted a 15-yard penalty into the Super Bowl. That this is our house. That We do this year congrats. after year after year after year. So you, all you of beat that, Joe Burrow for the first time. Congrats. Awesome. And they're going. that's their fifth AFC championship. They're going nowhere, and they're basically a pick in the Super Bowl. Like, we're right here. This is Mahomes' crib, and we're going to let you feel it. I thought everybody who talked smack was warranted in doing so after they allowed the players to sit there and call this place Burrowhead. Like, that's what you sign up for is to watch Travis Kelsey go eight bleep. On the podium after winning the AC we'll championship game. We'll get to that game. clown in a second, too. Um, there were no winning plays yesterday. None. There were zero winning plays in either game yesterday. There were none. There was one winning play that happened in not quite winning time, and that was Burrow to Jamar Chase on fourth down. That was awesome. Everything Jones, else? Everything Chris- else? was simply, thank you for the penalty. Thank you for the penalty. Officials, thank you for the extra third down. Oh, thanks for the defensive holding. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Chris Jones got doubled on 31 of his snaps. Still ended the game with four solos and two sacks. Like, he was playing winning football for all four quarters. Okay, playing winning football and then the, the winning play when it's winning time are two different things in my <laughs> sports world. To me, the most irritating thing about yesterday in a Sunday of football that I, I wholly did not enjoy was that there were no winning plays in either game. The Eagles didn't have to make a winning play. The 49ers sure as play port going to come close to being in a position to make a winning play. And then the winning play, quote-unquote, was a youngster who, in the heat of the moment, didn't quite know where he was on the field, hitting Pat Mahomes out of bounds. Like, congrats. Awesome. That was the most irritating thing about the AFC and NFC championship games to me is that there were no winning plays. I got one for you. I know you're eternally happy, so you do have something that irritated you. That's good to know, and I appreciate that. What irritated you? Hmm. Do you know the answer to this? Is this why you threw it at me? Because I don't know if I was necessarily irritated yesterday. Oh, I, I love that's what you were doing. I, no, no, no. I have a winning play for you. It's oh, stuck into me, my head. Oh, all right, but well, tell me the winning play. It was the, <laughs> it was the worst fourth down team in NFL history, the Kansas City Chiefs, scoring on fourth and one to Travis Kelsey. Like, that's how you win football games, right? You do the things good that you haven't done up to this point. That is winning football. So when did that, when did that play happen? Early. Mm. Early was the first touchdown of the game, I believe. Yeah, it was. So that's winning football, right? Like you don't you you don't convert on fourth downs like you never have all season. So what are you going to do in the AFC Championship? Execute eh, equals winning football. Yeah. But what irritated me though, um, it's tough. I, I guess I would say injuries, right? Because it, it was tough to watch the Chiefs throw the ball to Isaiah Pacheco and some some guy named Kemp caught a few balls for the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't know who that is. <laughs> the the tight end not named Kelsey. 
Right. No idea who that was. So, right. you know, you're watching one of the most skilled... I found myself struggling with that as well. <laughs> yeah. you're watching this Kemp guy? You're watching the most skilled quarterback play with a bunch of average Joes, and then obviously the Brock Purdy thing is just so unfortunate the way it, it went down. And then Josh Johnson got hurt as well. So they stood no chance in <laughs> the biggest game of their season. So I guess injuries are what irritated me because it, it kind of halted us from having a popcorn weekend opposed to whatever you're calling it right now. Uh, a poop weekend. A poop yeah. weekend. Uh so the, the the lack of a, a winning play late in either game, like a true winning play where you go and earn it, that to me was the most irritating thing amongst a lot of irritating things. I have a laundry list in case you're scoring at home, and we'll get to them. The most irritating thing about the AFC or NFC championship game this weekend. What was the most irritating thing about the AFC, NFC championship games yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. What was the most irritating thing about the AFC and NFC championship games yesterday? 888-760-3776. This happened after the game. Can we play the Cincinnati mayor? Last week, the Cincinnati mayor, and I saw, I see where he's coming from. Like, I'm all good with trash talk. I enjoy that, right? Like, that's, that's fun. That's good times. That's uh, really playing into to civic spirit. Like, how could you not love that? I'm good with that. The Bengals mayor, in the spirit of Eli Apple, in the spirit of the, the trash talking Bengals, he decided he was going to make a video. And you know how every big game, like a city mayor, will challenge another city mayor. It'll be like uh, New Orleans. If if the Saints win, uh, we'll send you some of our finest gumbo to Seattle. But if Seattle wins, then please send us some of your finest king crab. Something like that, right? The Cincinnati mayor attempted to do that. Um Aftab Piraval is his name, and here was his trash talk directed towards Cincinnati. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Kirval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. All right. Is the execution great? Nah. I appreciate the effort. Execution's not. It's a, it's a nerdy mayor. A nerdy right. mayor trying to do something for the young folks. Like, the, the paternity test joke, like, I don't know. I don't know. I think it worked for the people of Cincinnati. Yeah, like, uh, he's his daddy, fine. Like, fine, whatever. I think that the, the, it's just a, you know, the state joke, fun, funny, fun times, giggles all around. But then he apologized for it later in the week. Because Bengals fans were like, oh, my God, you're putting up bulletin board material. So he tweeted, Bengals Nation, LOL, I hear you. My competitive juices and love for Cincy got the best of me. My bad. Staying hungry and humble. See you Sunday. Who day, baby? 
All you right. can't apologize. You can't do that and then apologize for it. Also, nobody cares about your <laughs> apology. Yeah. You're the mayor. Yeah. So, so of course, this did indeed make bulletin board material in the Cincinnati locker room. And so, after the game, as Tracy Wolfson on CBS is attempting to interview Patrick Mahomes on the field, again, the great warrior Patrick Mahomes. That's right. Um, last night, uh, Travis Kelsey, podcast star, uh, decided that he was going to jump in and 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 send his first message uh, to to the folks of Cincinnati and uh, to those across the country who were doubting Mahomes against Joe Burrow. Here is uh, here's Travis Kelsey in his interview bomb on CBS. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? So oh, thank God, man. <laughs> Woo! Burrow had my ass. Woo! And so that was uh, that was that was Travis Kelsey, and then he went back at it again with more trash talk. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy, huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party. Hey, what's he doing there? Living his best life. Is he just looking for any, like, late 90s, early 2000s quote that he can throw out there to get people cheering? He went 25-year-old rock reference from all the way back when the WWE was the WWF, okay? And then he busted out the Beastie Boys. Like, what is he doing? Would you like something from Rocco's Modern Life you can throw out there? Uh, what about uh, In Living Color? Like, what is Travis Kelsey doing? He's dropped that line before, that you got to fight for your right to party. He's dropped it before, so he's, he's staying very, on brand. He's not a very smart man, is he? Like, he doesn't, I would imagine not. He doesn't come off as someone that is, is busting the IQ uh, scale. Like, I, is everything about yesterday annoyed me. And I'm all for, like, taking trash talk and using it as motivation. But play that last one. I, it's, just, it's just words. It's just words that Travis Kelsey, like, what is he, uh, he, what is he doing here? This I appreciate so that. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you <laughs> jabroni. Oh, yeah. If you smell like Kelsey's cooking, you gotta fight for your right to party. Let me ask you something. I mean, that's just stupid. Let me ask you something. Mm. You heard the crowd reaction. Uh, so yeah. this is not for because you. They're all dumb meatballs like him. Yeah, who are used to going to Super Bowls and kicking ass in the biggest games that they've ever played well, in. How, how did that ass kicking go the last time they were in the Super I Bowl? I don't know. Ask them the last five times they've played in this AFC Championship game. Okay, all right. Well, how did that go last year? Like, listen to that crowd reaction. Okay. This is what you sign up for. This is why you buy a ticket to hear that line and to get crunk with Kelsey. Live from New York, it's Saturday night. <laughs> yeah! I, I'm surprised. We could just, we, we, I, I could take any pop culture reference and, and uh, I'll be Travis Kelsey. And I know you also thought the uh, WrestleMania on Saturday was garbage as well. Uh, Royal Rumble. It wasn't the WrestleMania. No, I, I apologize. It's the road to WrestleMania. I apologize. It's the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. I, I know you thought that was garbage as it well. It was garbage. It was bad. So this weekend sucked for the, you. The one nostalgia wrestler that came back for the men's version of the Royal Rumble was Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Suck up! <laughs> I could do that.
I mean, if Travis Kelsey's just dropping lines, dropping wrestling uh, lines, I mean, I could do that all day. Uh, what you going to do when Hulkamania comes for you? Like, I could do that. Travis Kelsey isn't special. He's not special. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the best tight end in the league right now. Like, that irritated me as well. That irritated me as well. By the way, Cody Rhodes won the uh, Royal Rumble. And then he's, uh, he's going to be at WrestleMania. It's the most irritating thing about the AFC and NFC championship games yesterday. For me, it was the, there, was, there was just not a, a we-earned-it-winning play late. That drove me crazy. That's the most irritating thing, but a lot of things irritated me, including Travis Kelsey. Now, in Travis Kelsey's defense, that all got kicked off by Cincinnati's mayor. Like Again, I, I see what they're trying to do, and I'm sure he has a bunch of interns, interns who are like, this is going to kill. This is going to slay. This is going to be awesome. And then just, it didn't, it didn't hit as well as I thought it, it, it could have. The most irritating thing about the AFC and NFC championship games yesterday, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063, 888-760-3776. You know what, um, what I, I left, though, last night feeling from a football standpoint? I don't have a clue is it kind of feels like the Eagles are going to give the Chiefs that work. Oh, wow. That's what it kind of feels like to me. I don't know. And maybe I'm just taking like what we saw yesterday with a listless 49ers, no quarterback situation. You are. But the Chiefs, nothing about that looked crisp. Like there wasn't anything that looked crisp. And I know that Mahomes is going to have two weeks to, to help out that ankle. And, and as he said in the postgame, uh, I'd like to thank God for healing my ankle. Pat, with all due respect, I promise you God did not heal your ankle. Okay? I promise you. You know what probably helped? The immense amount of liquid you had shot into your body. That made have made you feel like a God. Or the 12-inch needle that legitimately yeah. probably touched your bone. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but I just, I left it feeling like the Eagles are probably going to give the Chiefs that work. That's how it feels to me, especially if that front seven plays the way it did against the 49ers. I, uh, who's to say we're not going to have a replay of what happened to the Super Bowl two years ago when Tampa's front seven gave the Chiefs that work? Because, I know it's an improved offensive line. Yeah. But who's to say that that's not going to be a replay of that? Because I would argue what Kansas City's going to face in that front seven, the Eagles might be the best front seven they see all year long. That's fair, but that's recency bias on your part because the Bengals jogged out there with the worst offensive line in football. The most irritating thing about the AFC-NFC championship games yesterday. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I do not like the podcast version of Travis Kelsey. I mean, I am pro... After that yesterday, Jason greater than Travis. Adam is in Boynton. Adam's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Adam? Hey, guys. Uh, great show. A um, couple of things, and I couldn't agree with just about everything you said any more than I can, but um, I thought uh, yesterday for the first game, um, it was just a continuation of what I think has been some of the worst lack of drama-filled playoffs in recent memory. Every year, you know, you think about everyone touts the divisional rounds as being like the best weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, these were just duds after duds. This whole playoffs has been really disappointing as far as drama and whether it was quarterbacks going down like flies or just one team outplaying the other uh the first game was disappointing because it was just a continuation of that trend and and our family was like 
please God, let the last game yesterday be the salvation. And I think one of the most disappointing things about the second game was, uh, you know, the timekeeping things was just outrageous. I I just couldn't believe. I can't believe on that stage, in that quarter, that they were doing that. You mean to tell me there was no better way to handle that? Yeah, I totally agree. And here's one for you. You can use it again later. But I thought with Kelsey, it was a Travis T. Travis T. Kelsey. Yes. That was the. I, I don't know about you, but yes. for a microsecond, for a microsecond when he grabbed the mic, I thought he was about to drop an F bomb <laughs> to the mayor. And it was like, whoa, we've got like a major problem on our hands. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was embarrassing, but it was a travesty. That's Adam, I tell you uh, what, you are a man of of my ilk, and I appreciate that. I love the pun. I'm totally into that. Um, By the way, CBS, it's one thing when an F-bomb is dropped on Fox. They don't care. That's just sort of their their people, right? If it happens on CBS, the the network of comedy hit ghosts and every police show known to man... (laughs) And every CSI show that's ever existed, a little bit different audience, a little older, excuse a little bit older, a little bit more buttoned up. And F-Bomb on CBS, yeah, that's problematic for uh, for those folks. But an F-Bomb on Fox, I just expect it. Like, I expected Gronk to have the F-word just tattooed across his forehead during the studio show yesterday. That's just Fox. That's what we do on Fox. I mean, there were probably... 4,327 F-bombs dropped in each locker room after this game, before this game, during this game. I mean, come on. I was dropping them in my home yesterday. <laughs> like, end this bleeping game already with the <laughs> NFC Championship game. End this bleeping was, game already. If you and, ever needed a running clock, that was it. And there's me telling you to shut the bleep up. <laughs> Stop bleeping texting me. Uh, big homie to gloat. Big homies on Ken Levick Alive. Big homie. E A G L. E S Eagles. Last week I had to listen to y'all I know. talk about the Don't Dallas say y'all. Cowboys. Oh. Best front Stone LeBanner. <laughs> Sorry, I was. Want to talk about the best front seven, even though we had 20 more sacks than the Dallas Cowboys combined. Only the 1985 Bears have more sacks than the Philadelphia Eagles in the regular season. I had to sit and listen to y'all talk about Brock Purdy being the reincarnation <laughs> of Tom Brady. Brock Purdy don't even know where his arm is right now. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to destroy, I repeat, destroy one-legged Pat Mahomes. I don't care what plays they draw. Like, y'all cannot have watched football the last three weeks and tell me that the Philadelphia Eagles are not the best team in football, head to toe, head and shoulders over everybody. Like, I don't want to hear... Anything else except for y'all celebrate the Philadelphia Eagles because we are going to dominate like we did every week. Daniel Jones was supposed to knock us off. Brock Purdy was supposed to knock us off. And now, we're, oh, well, the quarterback didn't finish the game because his offensive line could protect them. It wouldn't have mattered if Joe Montana was out there playing quarterback yesterday. That front seven is the best in the world. Fly, Eagles, fly. See you at the Super Bowl, guys. Big homie. Congratulations. And I can do nothing but eat that. And we won't see you at the Super Bowl. Yeah, we won't be there because if the Dolphins were going to be there, yeah, they we, gave us we our were going. They gave us our refund. Yeah, thank you to the great state of Arizona. That's right. Appreciate that. Um, what was the most irritating thing about the AFC NFC Championship games yesterday? What was the most the the most irritating thing about 
Championship Weekend. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN1063. You know what actually is going to be irritating as well? Is I know that Stone's going to use yesterday's championship games as a jumping off point to continue his crusade to have Championship Weekend at a neutral site. Oh, please. Give me that platform. Capitalist Stone LeBanowitz wants the NFL to make maximum profit and to have cities bid for the right to host championship weekend. It's a dream. (laughs) Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Most irritating thing about the AFC-NFC championship games yesterday, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. We'll keep taking your calls. We'll get to social media as well. When we come back in the spirit of Travis Kelsey, I leave this segment with this. Stone Cold said so. Clown. He's stolen the banner. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Troy tweets in, Ken being petty is so sad. Hashtag let the kids have fun. Talk to him, Troy. Talk to him. I'm all for the kids having fun. No, you're no. no, no try no. again. Try again. But if you're Travis Kelsey and you're going to trash talk using 90s references... What are you doing, man? I would imagine you uh, made your two daughters eat tree bark last night for dinner after watching these games. There was no kids having fun in the Ken Levicka Live household. You don't need any more water. <laughs> Just chew. <laughs> no dinner for you. This football weekend sucks. Go lick the tree. Stop crying. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what happened yesterday, but I've been feeling on edge. Like, just... I don't want to call it a bad mood, but on edge since yesterday afternoon. And so my wife and one of her friends went to brunch yesterday. And so I took the girls to the park and then brought them to lunch. And that was fine. That went well. The girls behaved. It was awesome. Um, my youngest daughter, my four-year-old, like she was getting after it. She's she's climbing stuff and she's Spider-Manning all this equipment. Like it was great. Monkey bars? Yeah, she was getting after it. She still needs me to like prop her up, but she wants to try. She wants to get after it. That's fine. I, monkey bars aren't good for me because it hurts my hands. Oh, my God. I don't like blisters. I have very sensitive hands. Wow. That I, is, uh, <laughs> that's the, I, I think, the worst thing I've ever heard you say. But it hurts. They're burny. Your hands get burny on the on the monkey bars. Like it's not. I'd rather have the the handles, the hanging handles so than you, the monkey bars. You'd just be the most pathetic American Ninja Warrior. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to wear, like, workout gloves because oh, I'd be like, I'd be like, my oh. God. Like, when when pitchers, when pitchers um, get blisters and have to be taken out of the game, I know that there are baseball fans that are like, what a, what a P word. Ah, what a B word. Uh, he's got a blister. I get it. Blisters are so hurting. Oh, my God, yes. 
So I get it. And that's why I don't like monkey bars because it hurts your hands. <laughs> wow. That's a new low. But she was great on the monkey bars. Nice. Then we went to the ale house afterwards and they got after it. They got into some ribs. So it's funny. I bring my girls, my six-year-old and my four-year-old, to the ale house before the, the, the NFC Championship game, and I get them ribs and mac and cheese and shrimp, and they housed it. Guess what I ate? Don't say a salad. <laughs> yep. Chicken, chicken breast salad with some balsamic vinaigrette dressing. See, this was the worst weekend that I've ever heard of. Hey, for that's, you. What, that's what daddy does. Daddy takes care of himself, and the girls house some, <laughs> some, some pork ribs. There's only one that's so bad. My girls are so much cooler than me, it's not even possible. But here's what happened is I started, I had a, a, just a little bit, just a, a little tequila, soda, and lime at, uh, at Ale House. It's right by my house. No big deal. So people are, can Ken had a drink out with his daughters? Stop it. Don't judge me. Okay? It's right close to my house. All right. So um, it didn't hit, though. It didn't hit like I thought it would. And I think that set the tone for the rest of the. Oh, I, like, I don't know if I, I had too much of a base, but the tequila usually hits good on Sundays. It didn't hit good yesterday. So then I was left wanting more and I was left uh, having to watch this NFC travesty and then the AFC title game. And nothing made me happy. Nothing pulled me out of that funk because that tequila just wasn't hitting. And now I'm left here just sort of. A shell of my former football self, and maybe that's why I'm, I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Where I was so irritated by so many things yesterday. Most notably, there wasn't a a, a winning play that directly led to the conclusion of either game. But that's why Travis Kelsey's driving me crazy. It's why all the trash talk back and forth driving me crazy. It's why these people who immediately uh, jumped on Joseph Osai and said, "What an idiot! What a complete fool!" Brother, put yourself in that spot. Shut up. Oh, what a stupid idiot. I, tr- I promise you, you would make the same mistake. I promise you. And we'll hear um, something from, from Osai that will explain everything. And if you still think he's a stupid idiot, then that's on you. Uh, there's not going to be any helping you. But I'm just so irritated with so many things from yesterday. It's the most irritating thing about yesterday's championship weekend. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. In West Palm, it's Mark on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's up, guys? So first things first, I got to tell you, I got my spoon out to, you know, to give you a second helping of a little bit of crow. Right. Yep, I'm an Eagles fan. And, you know, maybe you guys will start giving them a little bit more respect two weeks from today. Congratulations. In any case. Yes. Uh, and, and for the haters who are talking about how little Jalen Hurts has done the past two weeks, the reason that is is that roster is so stacked top to bottom that that's all he had to do, and they had huge victories both weeks. You want to stop the run? They will throw it, but they'll run all over you. Okay, and we will possess the ball against the Chiefs for most of the game in two weeks. Now, the most disappointing part of the entire weekend, let's face it, there's no one NFL player on the 49ers that wants to win more and advance to the Super Bowl. There's no 49er or Cincinnati Bengal or Jaguar or Giant that wants to advance more than the other. They're, they're professional NFL players. They've probably been Mr. State football at every level, at every step along the way, even if you ride the bench. Now, the actions of the San Francisco 49ers, Trent Williams, and uh, Greenlaw at the end of the game yesterday, utterly despicable. They're same brothers of the same fraternity. There's no place for that. To body slam another NFL player because you're such a sore loser, 
is utterly and entirely pathetic. Mark, appreciate the the call. I respectfully disagree with you. The only thing that brought a smile to my face yesterday in either championship game was Trent Williams taking care of business on the field. Like, uh, did the the Niners get a little bit chippy and a little frustrated at the end of the game? Sure, absolutely. But, But in the situation that we're discussing here in the fourth quarter, the game is decided... Eagles players are pushing and shoving and continuing this skirmish in the middle of the field, and then another one jumped in, and another one jumped in. And so Trent Williams, who is always going to be the scariest human being on the field, any game that he plays in, he said enough's enough. And it wasn't a body slam. He didn't lift him up off the ground. He grabbed him by the back of the shirt, and he promptly backplanted him onto the turf. That's what Trent Williams did, and it was pretty telling that not a single eagle decided. That it was fine when you were continuing um, uh, this, this skirmish with running backs and wide receivers. But then when Trent Williams got involved in it, everybody said, all right, skirmish over. We're going to head to our sideline. That actually brought a smile on my face because Trent Williams is a badass not to be trifled with. 1,000% disagree with Mark here. I mean, what a hypocritical point. So you start off the call talking about how bad these guys want to win this game. Right? They're the best players in the entire again, world. I will gladly eat the crow. Congratulations. I mean, for sure. Right? And we have to delay. Actually, ever could you our teammate here with us in uh, in 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 this uh, Anna John Levine accident attorney studio? Sorry, Stone. I'll let you finish in a second. Could you look up the um, the origin of eating crow? Because I just realized I have no idea what it is. Okay, sorry. To say mm-hmm. that nobody wants to advance slash win these games more than these players, and then to get mad at one of the best offensive linemen in the game, for being upset that his team never even stood a chance to win an NFC Championship game? Like, you mentioned it five minutes ago. Try to put yourself in in this guy's shoes. Just put yourself in Trent Williams' shoes, who's played the best football of his career up to this point, and then you line up against the Philadelphia Eagles, and your team never stands a chance. God forbid you let out of a a little bit of emotion. You don't know what they're saying in the trenches. You don't know what words are being thrown at you, what guys are saying about you, your family, the rest of your team, this, that, and this. He let out some anger, some emotion, as any football player does. And I'm sure if it were somebody popular that we like, we'd be cheering it. The only take that I saw from Trent Williams yesterday was, whoa, if I'm going into a fight in an alley, I know who I'm bringing. (laughs) Oh, Trent Williams is so scary, If my life's on the line, I know who I'm calling. Like, Uh, that's the only take that I saw that I liked. When George Kittle, before the divisional round... When George Kittle, before the divisional round, said that Trent Williams is always going to be the scariest person on the football field, and this is George Kittle, who comes off as one of the most unhinged human beings yes. that's ever played the sport in a in a sport full of them over the course of time, I think that's saying an awful lot. That's just an outrageous call from Mark there. That sh- that's not despicable at all. You should be used to it. Now... Nick Sirianni definitely did the right thing and got the starters off right away because he needed to after that. That said, you know what else irritated me yesterday? And I was fully supportive of Nick Sirianni and his revelation that, hey, Pizza, uh, pizza Hut stuff, crust pizza, it hits. It hits in that belly. It hits that, that, that intestine. You know what? I'm into it. Nick, I'm with you. He took a lot of crap for <laughs> probably <laughs> figuratively and literally. Um... Uh, uh, after the revelation, probably after the consumption, about the Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza. And I'm with him. 
I stand by him. But does he need to do the whole get the crowd riled up in sight after that Trent Williams um, uh, skirmish in the fourth quarter? Like, that's just so, he's so annoying with that stuff. Like, walking around with the edge. And this isn't the first time he's done it, where he's trying to get the crowd riled up and trying to get him going and all. Like, we get it, dude. You're super intense. We get it. You're, you're Philadelphia. So, Stop it. So, in football, this phrase gets thrown, thrown out a lot. KYP. Know your personnel. He's doing it to the Eagles fans who are, for decades and centuries, have been crackheads who buy into that stuff and love that stuff. Figurative sports fan crackheads, just to, just to protect yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, you're going to have your literal here and there. Yeah, here, especially in Philly. But like, you, you got to cater to the crowd. This is your Philly people. These are the, the city of brotherly love. Like This is what they want. Yeah. So do it for them. All right, fine. Uh, could we do, though, without the Eagles fans? Uh, Eagles fans last night, if you check your social media feed, they're they're at bus stops, standing on top of bus stops. The roof's falling through. Ugh. They're up on top of light poles. Was, was I'm sorry, was yesterday the Super Bowl? Uh, it just, just Eagles fans, you're all old enough to remember what happened when you did the same thing when the Phillies won the pennant. And then what happened? And, and, and then what happened? That's all I'm going to say. You're just a couple of months removed from finishing in second place, which wasn't fun. You didn't win anything yet. You won the George Hallis Trophy. Congrats. You know who cares about that? No one. Okay? Not a soul. Not a soul. So, you're celebrating like you won the Super Bowl yesterday. That's like Knicks behavior. I was going to say Stop it's Knicks-esque. That. That's Knicks fan behavior. As if the Knicks would ever win the East. <laughs> or even make the playoffs, for that matter. But you, you, get, you, you catch my drift, right? Yes. So let's just be excited, but just calm down. There is an unbelievable level of confidence, though. I don't think, I don't think I've seen a fan base have the level of confidence that Eagles fans have right now. Big homie called and said, "We are going to whip up on the Niners." Adams asking for a pol- or Mark's asking for apologies, and there's this confidence I've never seen from an NFL fan base, and maybe because I'm just cynical upon cynical with the Dolphins, but this is incredible. Like, well, I, I don't know what it feels like to be this confident, but I bet it feels awesome. I mean, I know it feels awesome. It just, it, oh, it's the best thing you could ask for, and you're right. They're even asking for apologies when a player steps out of line. Can there's one thing, and, you know, we obviously have plenty of TVs in the studio, right? We're watching all the highlights right now, even currently, the Bengals Chiefs. You know, you got Lewis Riddick sitting here on ESPN right in front of us. But there's one thing that has bothered me for weeks. It's bothered me for years. I'm only 24 years old. But when I'm watching these games in January, whether it's the divisional round, whether it's the AFC-NFC championship game. I don't think people understand, right, when you're talking about sloppy football, no winning plays. These guys are playing in below freezing temperatures. You just hinted, Stone wants neutral site games. You're damn right I do. Do you know how excited I was? Do you know how excited I was that we almost got Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes in a dome in the South? Define almost. Because there wasn't wasn't much almost in that Bengals-Bills game. Define almost that they got to the round before that would have happened. Then I'll give you that. They were four quarters away from it it happening. Okay, got it. Got it. But it's hard to play football in below freezing temperatures. It is hard. Hard to grip a football, catch a football, run, stay warm, you know, be confident that you can do all of those things in below freezing temperatures. And I would be willing to 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 admit that 
at least 70% of the viewers in either of these championship games really understood how cold it was, whether it was at Lincoln Financial or Arrowhead. Below freezing. This is not football. Like, for all those, this is football weather, guy, <laughs> screw off. This is not football weather. Patrick Mahomes doesn't want to play in 18 degrees. Joe Burrow doesn't want to play in 18 degrees. None of the skill players here that we invest so much money in and spend all of our days talking about want to play in 18 degrees. It sucks. You're not getting the full potential of these players. You're taking sacks. It hurts a little more, right? Your ankle, your knee, your, your joints hurt a little more. Yeah, it's cool for the guys in the trenches, right? Chris Jones, all these guys having field days. They don't care. This is a bunch of grizzly bears. But for the guys that, like I said, we invest so much in Jamar Chase, we want you to go off. Well, he's running around in 18-degree weather. It's just not a full football game we get. It is one of my biggest irritations of them all. Put them on neutral sites. Put them in domes but when it comes to these if games. If we play in a dome in a neutral site, you're going to miss moments like Travis Kelsey yesterday after the game. You're going to miss moments like like this yesterday uh, on CBS. You're going to miss moments like Travis Kelsey dropping uh, your favorite wrestling line from the 90s if you, you play at a neutral site. I appreciate that. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party! My response to you, Stone, about the cold is these dudes get paid and paid handsomely to be pros and play in the cold. Says the guy who won't go on monkey bars at a playground because (laughs) it hurts his soft hands. Like, I'm watching Patrick Mahomes score a touchdown, and before he even steps on the sideline, you have Steve, the intern, who throws the jacket over his pads because we can't let this guy sit there because it's freezing outside. Let's just do this. You wanted to do this for weeks. I said, no, Stone, this isn't good. Let's just do this. Based on what Stone is saying, should we have the championship games at a neutral site? I'm going to lose this. Should we lose another game... For the fans, for the home fans, another uh, another thing that the best team can earn. We've already taken away a second buy. We've already taken away <laughs> two buys in the postseason. Only one team gets it now. Should we just move like we've done with the draft and like we did many, many years ago since the beginning of time with the Super Bowl? Should we just make the championship game so it's perfect, pristine conditions? Should we make it at a neutral site and have an NFL Conference Championship Weekend, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at KLV1063. It violates every single football uh, feeling that I have, every single uh, football desire that I possess. It violates every th- every single one of those to have a neutral site championship weekend, but Stone, he is so all in on it. I've never seen him more passionate about anything. With all the cold and all the nonsense and how sloppy the games were yesterday, should we just have neutral site championship weekend in the NFL? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's Stone LeBanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Two weeks from now is the last pro football game, unless you count the XFL and USFL. The last pro football game. Don't forget about that Pro Bowl. 
Don't forget about that skills challenge. <laughs> Two weeks from now is the last pro football game for months and months and months, which means we start to transition into the boys of summer. Baseball, spring training. Where, where, where can I catch spring training? Oh, well, you can do it in West Palm. At the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. What a beautiful, beautiful place to watch spring training baseball, which is maybe the most beautiful of all sporting events, spring training. Grapefruit League action at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Get your spring training tickets, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. You've got the, the, the seating. There is not a bad seat in the house at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. The concourse, you can see all the action from it, the food, the drink, the sunshine. I know, yeah. The world champion Houston Astros, as well as the Washington Nationals. The ballpark of the Palm Beach is home to both those teams. Are the Yankees coming through in spring training? Yeah, they are. Are the Red Sox coming through in spring training? You betcha. It's the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Get your tickets, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. That's ballparkpalmbeaches.com. The ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Let's just hear Travis Kelsey one more time from the podium. Dropping 90s references. Now, this is this is the juxtaposition, though, between the AFC and NFC title game. So I've been focusing a lot on Travis Kelsey's clownery yesterday, okay? He just went full look-at-me mode, full I-want-to-go-viral mode, full meatball podcast mode, okay? Uh, Travis Kelsey with, with Jim Nance interviewing him on the stage at Arrowhead, not Burrowhead, Arrowhead, Travis Kelsey, as we focused on so much in the first hour of today's program, uh, dropping 90s references to send a message and get the crowd riled up. I appreciate that. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right. I mean, just nonsense. The whole thing's just nonsense. But Jim Nance didn't cause that. That's just Travis Kelsey being a meatball, right? Let's go to the Fox broadcast, where speaking of meatballs, it was Terry Bradshaw on the stage to hand the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts the George Hallis Trophy. Usually, you'd expect when you have a, a hallowed moment in the most popular sport in America, you at least want to have a sense of decorum, right? You want to make it feel as official as possible. The Eagles have earned this. The Eagles have won the NFC. The Eagles have coasted into the Super Bowl, the 57th edition of the most watched single game in this country. Terry Bradshaw, though, he knows nothing of decorum. He knows nothing of coming off as professional because he led Jalen Hurts into singing... Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. On the road to victory. Fly, Eagles, fly. Go ahead, touch down. One, two, three. Hit them low. Hit them high. <laughs> and watch those Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. On the road. I mean, it's great. The crowd's going to get behind it. Yeah. 
Jalen Hurts could have told Terry Bradshaw no. I thought he was going to. And and credit Jalen Hurts, who is an unspeakably nice human being, for going along with it. He didn't have to do that. And he clearly didn't know the words at the end, so good job by him bailing out at that point. It was the most impressive thing that I've ever seen. Like, I got so uncomfortable. I mean, it's so cringy and awkward. And I'm not saying that, like, the Fly Eagles Fly is a fine fight song. Just Terry Bradshaw, read the room, bro. Like, come on. Hand the trophy, and then if the players want to get the fans going into it, fine. But you're up there to hand off a trophy, and he made himself the center of attention. And this Terry Bradshaw is the one who started the song, got Jalen Hurts going. Terry Bradshaw should not be the center of attention up there. In, in the 70s, I would imagine everybody knew their fight songs. Like, that's what was popular. So, so don't just expect that Jalen Hurts knows. Uh, yeah, that was risky, for it, sure. Oh, my God, it's the most risky thing ever do because everybody on that Southern, podium is you, like, oh, my God. Do you remember the Southern Illinois fight song? Dude, I could do the first line for you, but if I'm stuck on an island, I'm like, no, I'm butchering the oh, whole thing. Well, the, I know what we're doing when we come back. Oh, no. Stone Labanowitz is going to give oh. what he knows of the Southern Illinois fight song. Wow. This is going to be great. But Terry Bradshaw making the trophy presentation about him, I mean, the most Terry Bradshaw thing possible. They're trying to turn Gronk into him, right? <laughs> I mean, what? Like Terry, Terry Bradshaw is going to retire in the next two years and then Gronk. By the way, something that irritated me yesterday, Gronk, he's fine. I think he's funny. He's not fine. But he can't talk, and it doesn't seem like he has a good grasp of how to read, and I don't think the TV's for him. <laughs> I just don't think that that's for him. It's just bad. He's just bad on television. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Troy tweets in, Ken being petty is so sad. Hashtag let the kids have fun. Talk to him, Troy. Talk to him. I'm all for the kids having fun. No, you're... No, no. No, try again. Try again. But if you're Travis Kelsey and you're going to trash talk using 90s references... What are you doing, man? I would imagine you uh, made your two daughters eat tree bark last night for dinner after watching these games. There was no kids having fun in the Ken Levicka Live household. You don't need any more water. <laughs> Just chew. <laughs> no dinner for you. This football weekend sucks. Go lick the tree. Stop crying. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what happened yesterday, but I've been feeling on edge. Like, just... I don't want to call it a bad mood, but on edge since yesterday afternoon. And so my wife and one of her friends went to brunch yesterday. And so I took the girls to the park and then brought them to lunch. And that was fine. That went well. The girls behaved. It was awesome. Um, my youngest daughter, my four-year-old, like she was getting after it. She's she's climbing stuff and she's Spider-Manning all this equipment. Like it was great. Monkey bars. Yeah, she was getting after it. She still needs me to like prop her up, but she wants to try. She wants to get after it. That's fine. I, monkey bars aren't good for me because it hurts my hands. Oh, my God. I don't like blisters. I have very sensitive hands. Wow. That I, is, uh, <laughs> that's the, I, I think, the worst thing I've ever heard you say. But it hurts. They're burny. Your hands get burny on the on the monkey bars. Like, it's not good. I'd rather have the the handles, the hanging handles so than you, the monkey bars. You'd just be the most pathetic American Ninja Warrior. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to wear, like, workout gloves. Because oh, I'd be like... I'd be like, my oh. God. Like, when when pitchers when pitchers um, get blisters and have to be taken out of the game, I know that there are baseball fans that are like, what a, what a P word. Ah, what a B word. 
Uh, he's got a blister. I get it. Blisters are so hurting. Oh, my God, yes. So, I get it. And that's why I don't like monkey bars, because it hurts your hands. <laughs> wow. That's a new low. But she was great on the monkey bars. Nice. And then we went to the ale house afterwards, and they got after it. They got into some ribs. So, it's funny. I bring my girls, my six-year-old and my four-year-old, to the ale house before the, the, the NFC Championship game. And I get them ribs and mac and cheese and shrimp, and they housed it. Guess what I ate? Don't say a salad. <laughs> yep. Chicken, chicken breast salad with some balsamic vinaigrette dressing. See, this was the worst weekend that I've ever heard of hey, for that's you. What, that's what Daddy does. Daddy takes care of himself, and the girls house some, <laughs> some, some pork ribs. There's only one that's so bad. My girls are so much cooler than me, it's not even possible. But here's what happened. Is I started, I had a, a, just a little bit, just a, a little tequila, soda, and lime at, uh, at Al House. It's right by my house. No big deal. So people are, Ken, Ken had a drink out with, the, out with his daughters. Stop it. Don't judge me. Okay? It's right close to my house. All right? So um, it didn't hit, though. It didn't hit like I thought it would, and I think that set the tone for the rest of the... Oh. I, like, I don't know if I, I had too much of a base, but the tequila usually hits good on Sundays. It didn't hit good yesterday. So then I was left wanting more, and I was left uh, having to watch this NFC travesty and then the AFC title game, and nothing made me happy. Nothing pulled me out of that funk because that tequila just wasn't hitting. And now I'm left here just sort of a shell of my former football self. And maybe that's why I'm, I'm feeling the way I'm feeling where I was so irritated by so many things yesterday. Most notably, there wasn't a, a, a winning play that directly led to the conclusion of either game. But that's why Travis Kelsey's driving me crazy. It's why all the trash talk back and forth driving me crazy. It's why these people who immediately uh, jumped on Joseph Osai and said, what an idiot, what a complete fool. Brother, put yourself in that spot. Shut up. Oh, what a stupid idiot. I, tr- I promise you, you would make the same mistake. I promise you. And we'll hear um, something from, from Osai that will explain everything. And if you still think he's a stupid idiot, then that's on you. Uh, there's not going to be any helping you. But I'm just so irritated with so many things from yesterday. It's the most irritating thing about yesterday's championship weekend. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. In West Palm, it's Mark on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's up, guys? So, first things first, I got to tell you, I got my spoon out to, you know, to give you a second helping of a little bit of crow. Right. Yep, I'm an Eagles and, you know, maybe you guys will start giving them a little bit more respect two weeks from today. Congratulations. In any case. Yes. Uh, and, and for the haters who are talking about how little Jalen Hurts has done the past two weeks, the reason that is is that roster is so stacked top to bottom that that's all he had to do, and they had huge victories both weeks. You want to stop the run? They will throw it, but they'll run all over you. Okay, and we will possess the ball against the Chiefs for most of the game in two weeks. Now, the most disappointing part of the entire weekend, let's face it, there's no one NFL player on the 49ers that wants to win more and advance to the Super Bowl. There's no 49er or Cincinnati Bengal or Jaguar or Giant that wants to advance more than the other. They're, they're professional NFL players. They've probably been Mr. State football at every level, at every step along the way, even if you ride the bench. Now, the actions of the San Francisco 49ers, Trent Williams, and uh, Greenlaw at the end of the game yesterday, utterly despicable. 
They're same brothers of the same fraternity. There's no place for that. To body slam another NFL player because you're such a sore loser is utterly and entirely pathetic. Mark, appreciate the the call. I respectfully disagree with you. The only thing that brought a smile to my face yesterday in either championship game was Trent Williams taking care of business on the field. Like, did did the Niners get a little bit chippy and a little frustrated at the end of the game? Sure, absolutely. But, but in the situation that we're discussing here in the fourth quarter, the game is decided. Eagles players are pushing and shoving and continuing this skirmish in the middle of the field, and then another one jumped in, and another one jumped in. And so Trent Williams, who is always going to be the scariest human being on the field, any game that he plays in, he said enough's enough. And it wasn't a body slam. He didn't lift him up off the ground. He grabbed him by the back of the shirt, and he promptly backplanted him onto the turf. That's what Trent Williams did, and it was pretty telling that not a single eagle decided. That it was fine when you were continuing um, uh, this, this skirmish with running backs and wide receivers. But then when Trent Williams got involved in it, everybody said, all right, skirmish over. We're going to head to our sideline. That actually brought a smile to my face because Trent Williams is a badass not to be trifled with. 1,000% disagree with Mark here. I mean, what a hypocritical point. So you start off the call talking about how bad these guys want to win this game. Right? They're the best players in the entire again, world. I will gladly eat the crow. Congratulations. I mean, for sure. Right? And we have to delay. Actually, ever could you our teammate here with us in uh, in 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 this uh, Anna John Levine accident attorney studio? Sorry, Stone. I'll let you finish in a second. Could you look up the um, the origin of eating crow? Because I just realized I have no idea what it is. Okay, sorry. To say mm-hmm. that. Nobody wants to advance slash win these games more than these players. And then to get mad at one of the best offensive linemen in the game for being upset that his team never even stood a chance to win an NFC championship game. Like you mentioned it five minutes ago. Try to put yourself in in this guy's shoes. Just put yourself in Trent Williams' shoes, who's played the best football of his career up to this point. And then you line up against the Philadelphia Eagles and your team never stands a chance God forbid you let out of a little, a little bit of emotion. You don't know what they're saying in the trenches. You don't know what words are being thrown at you, what guys are saying about you, your family, the rest of your team, this, that, and this. He let out some anger, some emotion, as any football player does. And I'm sure if it were somebody popular that we like, we'd be cheering it. The only take that I saw from Trent Williams yesterday was, whoa, if I'm going into a fight in an alley, I know who I'm bringing. <laughs> oh, Trent Williams like, is so scary, If dude. my life's on the line, I know who I'm calling. Like, uh, that's the only take that I saw that I liked. When George Kittle, before the divisional round, when George Kittle, before the divisional round, said that Trent Williams is always going to be the scariest person on the football field, and this is George Kittle, who comes off as one of the most unhinged human beings yes. that's ever played the sport in a, in a sport full of them over the course of time, I think that's saying an awful lot. That's just an outrageous call from Mark there. That sh- that's not despicable at all. You should be used to it. Now, Nick Sirianni definitely did the right thing and got the starters off right away because he needed to after that. That said, you know what else irritated me yesterday? And I was fully supportive of Nick Sirianni and his revelation that, hey, Pizza, cr- uh, pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza, it hits. It hits in that belly. It hits that, that, that intestine. You know what? I'm into it. Nick, I'm with you. He took a lot of crap 
for <laughs> probably <laughs> figuratively and literally um, uh, <laughs> uh, after the revelation, probably after the consumption about the Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza. And I'm with him. I stand by him. But does he need to do the whole get the crowd riled up in sight after that Trent Williams um, uh, skirmish in the fourth quarter? Like, that's just so, he's so annoying with that stuff. Like, walking around with the edge. And this isn't the first time he's done it where he's trying to get the crowd riled up and trying to get him going and all. Like, we get it, dude. You're super intense. We get it. You're, you're Philadelphia. So, Stop it. So in football, this phrase gets thrown, thrown out a lot. KYP. No, your personnel. He's doing it to the Eagles fans who are, for decades and centuries, have been crackheads who buy into that stuff and love that stuff. Figurative sports fan crackheads, just to, just to protect yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, you're going to have you're gonna have your literal here and there. Yeah, here, especially in Philly. But like, you, you got to cater to the crowd. This is your Philly people. These are the, the city of brotherly love. Like, this is what they want. Yeah. So do it for them. All right, fine. Uh, could we do, though, without the Eagles fans? Uh, Eagles fans last night, if you check your social media feed, they're they're at bus stops, standing on top of bus stops. The roof's falling oh. through. They're up on top of light poles. Was, was I'm sorry, was yesterday the Super Bowl? Uh, it just, just Eagles fans, you're all old enough to remember what happened when you did the same thing when the Phillies won the pennant. And then what happened? And, and, and then what happened? That's all I'm going to say. You're just a couple of months removed from finishing in second place, which wasn't fun. You didn't win anything yet. You won the George Hallis Trophy. Congrats. You know who cares about that? No one. Okay? Not a soul. Not a soul. So, you're celebrating like you won the Super Bowl yesterday. That's like Knicks behavior. I was going to say Stop it's Knicks-esque. That. That's Knicks fan behavior. As if the Knicks would ever win the East. <laughs> or even make the playoffs, for that matter. But you, you, get, you, you catch my drift, right? Yes. So let's just be excited, but just calm down. There is an unbelievable level of confidence, though. I don't think, I don't think I've seen a fan base have the level of confidence that Eagles fans have right now. Big homie called and said, "We are going to whip up on the Niners." Adams asking for a pol- or Mark's asking for apologies, and there's this confidence I've never seen from an NFL fan base, and maybe because I'm just cynical upon cynical with the Dolphins, but this is incredible. Like, well, I, I don't know what it feels like to be this confident, but I bet it feels awesome. I mean, I know it feels awesome. It just, it, oh, it's the best thing you could ask for, and you're right. They're even asking for apologies when a player steps out of line. Can there's one thing, and, you know, we obviously have plenty of TVs in the studio, right? We're watching all the highlights right now, even currently. The Bengals Chiefs, you know, you got Lewis Riddick sitting here on ESPN right in front of us. But there's one thing that has bothered me for weeks. It's bothered me for years. I'm only 24 years old. But when I'm watching these games in January— whether it's the divisional round, whether it's the AFC-NFC championship game. I don't think people understand, right, when you're talking about sloppy football, no winning plays. These guys are playing in below freezing temperatures. You just hinted, Stone wants neutral site games. You're damn right I do. Do you know how excited I was? Do you know how excited I was that we almost got Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes in a dome in Wait, the South? Define almost. Because there, <laughs> there wasn't much almost in that Bengals-Bills game. Define almost that they got to the round before that would have happened. Then I'll give you that. They were four quarters away from, <laughs> from, yeah, it, okay. from it happening. Okay, got it. Got it. But it's hard to play football in below freezing temperatures. It is 
hard to grip a football, catch a football, run, stay warm, you know, be confident that you can do all of those things in below freezing temperatures. And I would be willing to 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 admit that at least 70% of the viewers in either of these championship games really understood how cold it was, whether it was at Lincoln Financial or Arrowhead. Below freezing. This is not football. Like, for all those, this is football weather, guy, <laughs> screw off. This is not football weather. Patrick Mahomes doesn't want to play in 18 degrees. Joe Burrow doesn't want to play in 18 degrees. None of the skill players here that we invest so much money in and spend all of our days talking about want to play in 18 degrees. It sucks. You're not getting the full potential of these players. You're taking sacks. It hurts a little more, right? Your ankle, your knee, your, your joints hurt a little more. Yeah, it's cool for the guys in the trenches, right? Chris Jones, all of these guys having field days. They don't care. This is a bunch of grizzly bears. But for the guys that, like I said, we invest so much in Jamar Chase, we want you to go off. Well, he's running around in 18-degree weather. It's just not a full football game we get. It is one of my biggest irritations of them all. Put them on neutral sites. Put them in domes but when it comes to these if games. If we play in a dome in a neutral site, you're going to miss moments like Travis Kelsey yesterday after the game. You're going to miss moments like like this yesterday uh, on CBS. You're going to miss moments like Travis Kelsey dropping uh, your favorite wrestling line from the 90s if you, you play at a neutral site. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party! My response to you, Stone, about the cold is these dudes get paid and paid handsomely to be pros and play in the cold. Says the guy who won't go on monkey bars at a playground because (laughs) it hurts his soft hands. Like, I'm watching Patrick Mahomes score a touchdown, and before he even steps on the sideline, you have Steve, the intern, who throws the jacket over his pads because we can't let this guy sit there because it's freezing outside. Let's just do this. You wanted to do this for weeks. I said, no, Stone, this isn't good. Let's just do this. Based on what Stone is saying, should we have the championship games at a neutral side? I'm going to lose this. Should we lose another game... For the fans, for the home fans, and others, uh, another thing that the best team can earn. We've already taken away a second buy. We've already taken away <laughs> two buys in the postseason. Only one team gets it now. Should we just move like we've done with the draft and like we did many, many years ago since the beginning of time with the Super Bowl? Should we just make the championship game so it's perfect, pristine conditions? Should we make it at a neutral site and have an NFL Conference Championship Weekend, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at KLV1063. It violates every single football uh, feeling that I have, every single uh, football desire that I possess. It violates every th- every single one of those to have a neutral site championship weekend, but Stone, he is so all in on it. I've never seen him more passionate about anything. With all the cold and all the nonsense and how sloppy the games were yesterday, should we just have neutral site championship weekend in the NFL? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. 
from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Two weeks from now is the last pro football game, unless you count the XFL and USFL. The last pro football game. Don't forget about that Pro Bowl. Don't forget about that skills challenge. <laughs> Two weeks from now is the last pro football game for months and months and months, which means we start to transition into the boys of summer. Baseball, spring training. Where where, where can I catch spring training? Oh, well, you can do it in West Palm at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. What a beautiful, beautiful place to watch spring training baseball, which is maybe the most beautiful of all sporting events, spring training. Grapefruit League action at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Get your spring training tickets, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. You've got the, the, the seating. There is not a bad seat in the house at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. The concourse, you can see all the action from it, the food, the drink, the sunshine. I know, yeah, the world champion Houston Astros as well as the Washington Nationals. The ballpark at the Palm Beach is home to both those teams. Are the Yankees coming through in spring training? Yeah, they are. Are the Red Sox coming through in spring training? You betcha. It's the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Get your tickets, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. That's ballparkpalmbeaches.com, the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Let's just hear Travis Kelsey one more time from the podium, dropping 90s references. Now, this is, this is the juxtaposition, though, between the AFC and NFC title game. So I've been focusing a lot on Travis Kelsey's clownery yesterday. Okay, he just went full look at me mode, full I want to go viral mode, full meatball podcast mode, okay? Uh, Travis Kelsey with with Jim Nance interviewing him on the stage at Arrowhead, not Burrowhead, Arrowhead. Travis Kelsey, as we focused on so much in the first hour of today's program, uh, dropping 90s references to send a message and get the crowd riled up. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party. I mean, just nonsense. The whole thing's just nonsense. But Jim Nance didn't cause that. That's just Travis Kelsey being a meatball, right? Let's go to the Fox broadcast. Where, speaking of meatballs, it was Terry Bradshaw on the stage to hand the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts the George Hallis Trophy. Usually, you'd expect when you have a, a hallowed moment in the most popular sport in America, you at least want to have a sense of decorum, right? You want to make it feel as official as possible. The Eagles have earned this. The Eagles have won the NFC. The Eagles have coasted into the Super Bowl, the 57th edition of the most watched single game in this country. Terry Bradshaw, though, he knows nothing of decorum. He knows nothing of coming off as professional because he led Jalen Hurts into singing Fly, Eagles, Fly. Fly, Eagles, fly, on the road to victory. Fly, Eagles, fly, score a touchdown, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch those Eagles fly. Fly, 
I mean, it's great. The crowd's going to get behind it. Yeah. Jalen Hurts could have told Terry Bradshaw no. I thought he was going to. And and credit Jalen Hurts, who is an unspeakably nice human being, for going along with it. He didn't have to do that. And he clearly didn't know the words at the end. So good job by him bailing out at that point. It was the most impressive thing that I've ever seen. Like, I got so uncomfortable. I mean, it's so cringy and awkward. And I'm not saying that, like, the Fly Eagles Fly is a fine fight song. Just Terry Bradshaw, read the room, bro. Like, come on. Hand the trophy, and then if the players want to get the fans going into it, fine. But you're up there to hand off a trophy, and he made himself the center of attention. And this Terry Bradshaw is the one who started the song, got Jalen Hurts going. Terry Bradshaw should not be the center of attention up there. In, in the 70s, I would imagine everybody knew their fight songs. Like, that's what was popular. So, so don't just expect that Jalen Hurts knows. Uh, yeah, that was risky, for it, sure. Oh, my God, it's the most risky thing ever do because everybody on that Southern, podium is you, like, oh, my God. Do you remember the Southern Illinois fight song? Dude, I could do the first line for you, but if I'm stuck on an island, I'm like, no, I'm butchering the oh, whole thing. Well, the, I know what we're doing when we come back. Oh, no. Stone Labanowitz is going to give oh. what he knows of the Southern Illinois fight song. Wow. This is going to be great. But Terry Bradshaw making the trophy presentation about him, I mean, the most Terry Bradshaw thing possible. They're trying to turn Gronk into him, right? <laughs> I mean, what? Like Terry, Terry Bradshaw is going to retire in the next two years and then Gronk. By the way, something that irritated me yesterday, Gronk, he's fine. I think he's funny. He's not fine. But he can't talk, and it doesn't seem like he has a good grasp of how to read, and I don't <laughs> think the TV's for him. I just don't think that that's for him. It's just bad. He's just bad on television. He's still in the band. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Two weeks from now is the last pro football game, unless you count the XFL and USFL. The last pro football game. Don't forget about that Pro Bowl. Don't forget about that skills challenge. (laughs) Two weeks from now is the last pro football game for months and months and months which means we start to transition into the boys of summer baseball spring training where 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 can i catch spring training oh well you can do it in west palm at the ballpark of the palm beaches what a beautiful beautiful place to watch spring training baseball which is maybe the most beautiful of all sporting events spring training Grapefruit League action at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Get your spring training tickets, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. You've got the, the, the seating. There is not a bad seat in the house at the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. The concourse, you can see all the action from it, the food, the drink, the sunshine. I know, yeah, the world champion Houston Astros as well as the Washington Nationals. The ballpark at the Palm Beaches, home to both those teams. Are the Yankees coming through in spring training? Yeah, they are. Are the Red Sox coming through in spring training? You betcha. It's the Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Get your tickets, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. That's ballparkpalmbeaches.com, the Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Let's just hear Travis Kelsey one more time from the podium, dropping 90s references. Now, this is this is the juxtaposition, though, between the AFC and NFC title game. So I've been focusing a lot on Travis Kelsey's clownery yesterday, okay? He just went full look-at-me mode, full I-want-to-go-viral mode, full meatball podcast mode, okay? Uh, Travis Kelsey with with Jim Nance interviewing him on the stage 
at Arrowhead, not Burrowhead, Arrowhead, Travis Kelsey, as we focused on so much in the first hour of today's program, uh, dropping 90s references to send a message and get the crowd riled up. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party. I mean, just nonsense. The whole thing's just nonsense. But Jim Nance didn't cause that. That's just Travis Kelsey being a meatball, right? Let's go to the Fox broadcast. Where, speaking of meatballs, it was Terry Bradshaw on the stage to hand the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts the George Hallis Trophy. Usually, you'd expect when you have a, a hallowed moment in the most popular sport in America, you at least want to have a sense of decorum, right? You want to make it feel as official as possible. The Eagles have earned this. The Eagles have won the NFC. The Eagles have coasted into the Super Bowl, the 57th edition of the most watched single game in this country. Terry Bradshaw, though, he knows nothing of decorum. He knows nothing of coming off as professional because he led Jalen Hurts into singing Fly, Eagles, Fly. Fly, Eagles, fly, on the road to victory. Fly, Eagles, fly, score a touchdown, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch those Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles, fly, on the road to I mean, it's great. The crowd's going to get behind it. Yeah. Jalen Hurts could have told Terry Bradshaw no. I thought he was going to. And and credit Jalen Hurts, who is an unspeakably nice human being, for going along with it. He didn't have to do that. And he clearly didn't know the words at the end. So good job by him bailing out at that point. It was the most impressive thing that I've ever seen. Like, I got so uncomfortable I mean, it's so cringy and awkward. And I'm not saying that, like, the Fly Eagles Fly is a fine fight song. Just Terry Bradshaw, read the room, bro. Like, come on, hand the trophy. And then if the players want to get the fans going into it, fine. But you're up there to hand off a trophy. And he made himself the center of attention. And this Terry Bradshaw is the one who started the song, got Jalen Hurts going. Terry Bradshaw should not be the center of attention up there. In, in the 70s, I would imagine everybody knew their fight songs. Like, that's what was popular. So, so don't just expect that Jalen Hurts knows. Uh, yeah, that was risky, for it, sure. Oh, my God, it's the most risky thing ever do because everybody on that Southern, podium is you, like, oh, my God. Do you remember the Southern Illinois fight song? Dude, I could do the first line for you, but if I'm stuck on an island, I'm like, no, I'm butchering the oh, whole thing. Well, the, I know what we're doing when we come back. Oh, no. Stone Lebanowitz is going to give oh. what he knows of the Southern Illinois fight song. Wow. This is going to be great. But Terry Bradshaw making the trophy presentation about him. I mean, the most Terry Bradshaw thing possible. They're trying to turn Gronk into him, right? <laughs> I mean, what? Like Terry, Terry Bradshaw is going to retire in the next two years and then Gronk. By the way, something that irritated me yesterday, Gronk, he's fine. I think he's funny. He's not fine. But he can't talk, and it doesn't seem like he has a good grasp of how to read, and I don't <laughs> think the TV's for him. I just don't think that that's for him. 
It's just bad. He's just bad on television. He's Stone the Banner. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.